0: Hey, everyone, I am back. I am back with No Pills, No Hunger. This is Robin Wong, and this is episode 213. So how have you all been? Some of you guys have, um, you know, reached out and said, where are you? And thank you for that. You know, I went through a phase where I just felt like I didn't have anything to say. You know, I just like, I don't know if I'm making a difference. I don't know if the information I'm sharing is helpful or not. Uh, You know, as you sit behind a microphone with uh, no one in front of you to see how they're reacting, sometimes you're like, and I see the numbers that people are listening, but you're like, oh, is it really making a difference? And so I went through a period of just reassessing and thinking about that, actually really focusing on my business and helping the clients uh, I'm working with get the goal, reach their goals, get the results they're, they're working for, and really revamped, actually went back and learned more. You know, I uh, took a course in gut health, so and really got grounded on how important, and I always knew this, but now I know the specifics of it, of how important our gut health is. So I'm going to be bringing some of that to you as the weeks go forward. And, you know, honestly, what, you know, I, I was working on me and working on learning more and working on my, working with my clients. And, um, and it wasn't until someone reached out, one of my least listeners reached out and said, we miss you. Where are you? I, I, I look forward to listening to you. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is, it's time. It's time for me to get back in, back in doing the podcast. So I am back. I am glad to be here. And uh, I, hope, I hope you listen and I hope you're finding value in what I'm sharing. So what I did with this next episode is I pulled it out of one of my training units uh, that I, I work with uh, clients. And thought it would be really useful at this time of the year because it is um, the holiday season. And sugar and sweets are everywhere. And the question often comes up is, can I eat any sweets and enjoy them? And what does that look like? Okay. And how much is too much? And all of that stuff. So in this episode, I hope you will learn a lot and just start thinking about where sugars show up. And just be more conscious of um, where they are. And then make that decision for yourself, make that decision of, oh, maybe I'm eating more than I think. And I would rather have this than all these gradual amounts of these things. Okay, and that's where you start really creating your lifestyle and enjoying and and having food enjoyment. So I'm back looking forward to future episodes and um, enjoy. Welcome back. As we move forward learning about the foods we're eating and how they create better health, one of the things I want to talk to you about is sugar. Uh, A lot is said about sugar, and it is in a lot of our foods. And so I thought it would be really helpful to help you understand, uh, you know, is there a place for some sugar in our diet uh, for a treat now and again? And how much is too much? And how does it impact our health? And how do I find it if it's showing up in foods? And just really kind of look at all angles of sugar, so that you can then make a choice for yourself of how much you want it to be in your um, in your pattern of eating versus if you really want to try to avoid it. And so, uh, so as we move through this, just know that you know I hear all the time people tell me that. They have a you know a sweet tooth and uh, and the funny thing is uh, years ago I was listening to a epidemiologist named Hans Deal and he uh, he he his little quote for people when they say you know I have a I have a sweet tooth he says the best thing you can do for that is get the tooth pulled you know now does that he really need you to do that no but the idea is yeah it exists we know it happens and. And you know, also do think about your tooth, health, your teeth health with with sugar, okay? Because that's another area it can affect you. Uh, but you know, people most often think of it in terms of type two diabetes or weight gain, and we know that it affects more in our in our lives than that. So as we move through this, I want to give you a little bit of background. So. You know, way back in 1977, uh, you know, back to the original dietary goals, uh, there was what they called the McGovern report. And that's when, uh, you know, some leading nutrition scientists all came together and they asked, you know, they recommended a reduction in meat and other sources of saturated fat um, and cholesterol like dairy and eggs, but also sugar. And the goal was really to reduce America's sugar intake down to no more than ten percent of their daily diet. So at that point in seventy-seven, it was obviously above that, and they were seeing health um, issues around that. And so, but what happens as it, it does in those, you know, those big conference rooms where these things are decided, uh, and there's certain industries that want their foods to be more prevalent uh, than they should be, uh, the recommendations were sort of buried. And so, uh, you know, it just, it didn't happen. And then it got revisited again uh, in, um, you know, I think in 80 and then again in 85, it comes out every five years. And, And basically, they basically said that, you know, there should be no specific limit, like 10%. And they started using language that was more vague, like avoid too much sugar. Uh, So that is very variable, right? It's different for everybody. How what is too much? And then by 1995, it got even vaguer, where it said, you know, in those guidelines, it would say choose a diet moderate in sugars. Again, what does that mean? There's, but they were applying giving no specific number for people to base what is moderate and what is, you know, what is uh, avoid too much, and so then in 2000 they actually went back to a limit uh, of you know, but even that was you know not enough. Kind of limit your intake, and so and so then again it because it's, it's been kind of moved back and forth, and so it's really hard for people to choose and understand well what how much should I be eating, and what does that look like in my diet. So um, then it basically kind of went away altogether and got lumped in with carbohydrates because sugar is a carbohydrate, right? Uh, to basically choose carbohydrates wisely. And again, so it, the sugar, you know, the word sugar wasn't even used. And so I think it's interesting to see this sort of history happen. And I just want you to realize that there are um, forces. That you know go that dictates some of the recommendations that happen in in our food supply and in the and in the health guidelines, and so, um, you know, I so basically if you look at where what is happening now, um, we are actually now back to that original ten percent that was recommended back in nineteen seventy seven, um, because as the health prices um, and we have a health crisis, has in, increased. People are, you know, really struggling with their health. Uh, there's scrambling that's happening. With okay, we need to, you know, put people on a better on a better path. And so, if you look at the, um, you, and you so just I want you. To, I'm just giving you background, and you decide really how you feel about it. And 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 look at the dietary guidelines for yourself. Okay, you should be aware of those. Um, you know, so. Uh, we are, like I said, getting back to the actual, um, you know, recommendation that 10% is the limit in the dietary guidelines. But, you know, and sadly, that's exceeded, that amount is exceeded um, by every age bracket. So, you know, adolescents average about 87 grams of sugar a day. Um, And so what does that look like? That's like 29 sugar packets a day. And so, um, and on the other side of that guideline is the Sugar Association is still still saying ten percent. That limit is extremely low, and so there's this you know this balancing act that happens. So, you know, as we are struggling with our health, uh, the American Heart Association um, they have come out and said it should even be lower. It should be six percent of our calories, um, you know, from added sugar. And which you know, if you drink one soda, that puts you over a limit, and and that limit, you know, of six, it's it exceeded by ninety percent of of the Americans. So just know that it's a problem, and it's in and it's in you know our foods, it's in our the the packaged foods we eat, and the things we don't think of where sugar is, and so you know even the um, World Health Organization. They have basically said it needs to be lower. So if you look at the history of where we are with our consumption, I think this is really interesting information. You know, in, in, I'm sorry, in 1776, uh, you know, Americans consumed about four pounds of sugar per person. Uh, by 1850, that had gone up to about 20 pounds. 1994 is up to 120 Um to, it jumped from, you know, 20 pounds up to 120 pounds. And now we're actually closer to about 160 pounds. And half of that is fructose, um, taking up and that takes up about 10% of our diet. And why does that matter? Well, because fructose actually goes directly into our liver. It, it sort of gets, you know, the glucose that when you eat sugar, and and the fructose they they combine and they go into your liver and they split and so the and the glucose goes on into your bloodstream to get out to your cells and the fructose goes into your liver and when um when it can't use it to make the glycogen and the other things that it does it stores it that's why we're seeing more fatty liver disease and um liver uh, issues and so and you you think okay fructose will isn't that in fruit? Well, yeah, but it's very different. And so just know that um, eating an apple, and we, we all know this, eating an apple is very different than drinking a soft drink, right? Okay, so, de- and, and yet, you know, you have high fructose corn syrup in a, in a, um, in a soda. And you have an apple that has all these other good things with it, you know, sugar and fiber and, um, you know, antioxidants, all these things. So um, just just know that when you hear to avoid fructose, um, you know, it it's it's really in that refined form. Uh, that there's nothing else that comes with it. And it, it is like the laser beam on the liver. Um, it just it really um really is not good for our livers and so we want to preserve our liver health our liver is so important so i always think about keeping my liver healthy because it you know it has a really important job to do and i want to do everything i can to to help it out and so and that's what we're doing in this program you know we are looking at foods to give your, your body a chance to do what it's designed to do Okay, you know, let it function at the, the way, you know, it's it's designed to function. Yet, sadly enough, we keep putting up these, these barriers for it to, to do what it wants to do. So uh, just know that. And uh, so really, so what does that mean now for us? Um, you know, and so when you're looking at your labels, and as you're learning in this program to read labels and understand them, and then make an informed decision whether you want to eat that food or not you know, it will list on there, uh, the sugars, and then it'll list below it added sugars. So the actual sugars are what comes with that food. So like let's say it's milk and, or, you know, it'll have lactose in it and that that's naturally in the milk. Um, and then, you know, or you, you might see, um, uh, a dried fruit, okay, for example, this one shocked me, you know, I used to buy cranberries, I really liked them in my oatmeal, and as I got better about reading my labels, I was like, holy moly, it's got a whole bunch of added sugar in it, it was like seven teaspoons of added sugar in, in a serving, and so here you're thinking you're eating this fruit and getting this fiber, which is all awesome, but you're also bringing in this added sugar that you didn't even know, And so this is where reading labels is so important. So you can make an informed decision. Can I, do I still want to be using them? Of course, if I want to, I will. But I was like, heck no, I'll use raisins instead. They're naturally sweet or dates. They're naturally sweet. The sugars come with the fruit and there's no added sugar. And so really this is where we start consuming more sugar than we think. Cause I, so uh, all the time people tell me, you know, I don't drink any soda. I avoid juice, you know, all the obvious, I don't eat candy, all the obvious sugar um, vehicles, uh, you know, I understand. And yet they're still having these health issues. And it's like, well, what else, where else might it be? You know, look at some of your salad dressings, look at your peanut butter. If it's not natural peanut butter, look at the spaghetti sauce that you might be built you know um, be buying you know it shows up in all of these different foods it is used so much and so um, just so start reading your labels it's really important and then you'll often hear that you know well I'm, I'm going to use something more especially if you have diabetes something lower glycemic like a guave or maple syrup and this happens a lot when you're looking at, revamping recipes to get away from that refined white sugar you might use something like that to get the sweet flavor in a in a treat and there are benefits to it but just realize that when you are and this is true for artificial sweeteners as well when you're still using those those sweets that you're still training your taste buds to want that sweetness okay and and it, it's like when you start reducing the number, you know, the level of sugar that you bring in, whether it be from artificial sweeteners or from um, sugar substitutes like those ones I listed, then you start really realizing, you know, oh, you know, when you kind of let your taste buds adjust, takes about 10 days, things will start be tasting too sweet. It's like that when you do that with salt, it's, things start tasting too salty. And, you know, just know that it certainly does take some time and, you know, just start kind of paying attention to where those things are showing up. And then you can choose. Then you can choose whether you want to, um, you know, eat it or not, okay? So a quick way to, when you're reading your labels, to because it's often hard to know what it looks like. We all know what a teaspoon looks like, but it's harder to understand what a gram looks like and, you know, things are measured in grams on the back of the thing. So just know if you look at the back of the package and it says added sugars and it might be 15 grams of sugar per serving. Okay. Everything is listed per serving. And it's all, you know, that, that's, you know, 60 calories, right? Because um, there's four calories per gram. And then you can also go, well, oh, how many, how many you know, teaspoons of sugar? Well, divide it by four so then you can start seeing how many teaspoons are in there okay that that is one way of of looking at it so you know um it just gives you a more of a visual that that you can maybe then understand how much you're taking in and so that might be helpful for you and then just know there there are so many different names on labels for sugar the list is i could be here for several minutes reading you the list of of names but you know, like I've mentioned, a guave, um, barley malt syrup, uh, of course, brown sugar is obvious, right? People like, oh, it's brown, it must be better. Not necessarily, uh, you know, um, coconut sugar is a popular one people are using now, or monk fruit sugar. Uh, certainly, they are alternatives. They maybe have more fiber in them and some things. So you can create sweets using some of these better options, but just know that, you know, that it's still sugar. And so make sure you add it into your account. And so, um, you know, dextrose, uh, fruit juice or fruit juice concentrate. uh, There's um, of course, high fructose corn syrup, uh, lactose, malt syrup, maltodextrin, you'll see a lot on labels. Uh, There's just, there's so many. Uh, And so just know uh, you know, if you don't know what it is, Google's wonderful for that. Look and see, look and see, is that an actual sugar? Because it doesn't always have sugar in the name. So what you'll notice is often um, if it ends in an O-S-E, uh, it, it, it might be a sugar derivative. Okay, that's kind of how it works. And so um, just be aware of that. And sometimes you'll see a sugar substitute, it might end in an O-L, you know, because it might be a sugar alcohol. Um, and not that and and a lot of sugar free foods will use those. So, I guess the question is is, you know, what is the the sugar recommendation? Like I said, American Heart Association says six percent of your calories. That's a little hard because we don't always know how many calories we eat. And so, you know, what is what does that look like? Um, you know, So what that looks like is roughly 100 calories a day, um, you know, for women and about 150 calories a day for men. So it's about six teaspoons for women and and nine teaspoons for men. And so, you know, you can start reading your labels and maybe start getting an idea of how, and we're talking added sugars. Okay. So, So just be aware of that. Start there, you know, start there. One of the big foods I, you know, with a lot of my clients <clears throat> is, you know, yogurt or granola that they buy thinking they're healthier foods, but they have a lot of added sugar. in them. they're often really surprised by that. And those are two, two items that you can actually control the amount of added sugar in by making it yourself. And so, for example, you can make homemade yogurt using an instapot and I I do soy um, milk and I just did a video on this and you know you you just to put the probiotic in and then to give it a sweeter taste at the end I stir in some vanilla vanilla is one of those seasonings that actually makes things taste sweeter and then you add fresh fruit so there's no added sugar to it at all but you're getting all the you know the texture and, and some of the probiotic benefits from it. Same thing with with um, with granola. You can find recipes that are are lower in sugar. So this is your, you know, this is what I want you to do. Just start being aware of it. Start seeing where it shows up, and and then decide for yourself. Do you want to reduce that? I encourage you to, uh, because we know added sugars. Um, certainly, uh, we the way it works is you know, you, your body uses what it needs and then it stores what it doesn't need. And so it's almost like you eat food, it breaks down into glucose. Um, You know, the fructose gets broken off as it comes in, the the glucose goes into your body. A big portion of it goes up to your brain. The rest of it circulates around into your muscles. It gets stored as glycogen. And then whatever is left get stored as, as, um, weight and it goes into your adipose tissue. So, you know, if you're, you're eating more than you're using, it's getting stored somewhere and, and just, and just know that. And so, um, definitely pay attention to it. Okay. Well, great. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in today. I know there's about a million ways you can spend your time, and I really do appreciate that you spent some time with me. Thank you. If you got something out of this episode and know someone who would also appreciate it, make sure to share it with them. We are all trying to get healthier in order to live well, and you can show them you care about their health by sharing these messages. Want to start improving your health today? One place I like to start with clients is breakfast. Since morning habits are the easiest to build, that's why I created a guide called Three Breakfasts to Lower Blood Sugars, which includes easy, delicious recipes for my favorite meals to start the day. Pick it up today for free at page.nutritionwithrobinrdn.com forward slash guide, or click the link for Three Breakfasts to Lower Blood Sugar in the show notes. Thanks again, and see you in the next episode.